The button has been pushed. Commencing podcast now. Are we rolling? Welcome to Pop Tech Jam, the independent audio magazine about consumer technology, pop culture, and anything else we feel like talking about here in the PTJ time. I'm J.D. Beersdorfer. And I'm Pedro Rafael Rosado. On this week's show, I think we got a little Batman in the mix. We have some headlines from around the tech world. I believe that little hardware software company out in Cupertino perhaps had an event in which they announced some things that were coming in the fall. We're going to put all that stuff in a, a skippable segment uh, later in the show. But uh, we, we do have some things. We, we were, uh, I guess it's been, what, three weeks maybe uh, since our last episode? It's been a while. It's been a while. I mean, you know, we're, we're, we're getting closer to coming back on a regular schedule. We're like the comic book publishers. You know how, like, they always try to get on that monthly schedule, but sometimes that 17th issue is, like, four months late? That's what we're like now. We're like Image Comics. We're like Image Comics, basically. <laughs> <laughs> yes, yeah, you know, the sort of, you know, somebody missed a deadline, and, and usually it was me. Yeah, somebody but, missed a um, deadline. But, but speaking of comics, you, you have been reading some lately, have you not? Oh, I have been diving into comics. TV watching kind of got a little too much for me, so I actually started reading books on dead trees. Treeware. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But I've been diving into comics on my tablet, on my new Samsung yes, tablet. It's easier to keep them in mint condition on your tablet. <laughs> it is, except the smudges, the smudges. But I've been diving in. I, I've got the DC subscription and I've got the Marvel Unlimited. So I've been reading a bunch of old stuff. I decided to to dive into the rebirth. You know how like DC, every couple of years, they just decide to like mess with everything, the continuity yeah, yeah, and all that stuff. Yeah, you to get new readers, that kind of thing. Exactly. So what did they do? They did a 52 then a couple of years later, they did Rebirth. I decided to ignore 52 completely. Well, there's one where, like, they'll change everything, and then they'll, like, change it back. And that was the problem with me in D.C. It was, like, it was just getting, like, too strained, and I had no sense of what was actually happening in the universe anymore. That's exactly it. I didn't know what was going on. It's very difficult to jump in midstream if you don't know. I mean, there has to be some type of entry point. So my entry point was, okay, they finished with the 52 storyline. Let me go back in the DC online, you know, what is it? DC Unlimited or whatever the heck yeah, they the call it. Yeah, the big archive where you can basically do all you can eat reading, right? Yeah, it's you, you pay a monthly charge and they give you, you know, access to about 20,000 comics. So they had the, the Batman series, Rebirth, which was basically, like you said, they just restarted the continuity and everything. And in this case, though, the storyline is that they took away 10 years, some big superpowered being took away 10 years of all the superheroes and supervillains lives and just mucked with the timeline. And if you read Doomsday, you know, you'll know what I'm talking about. I'm not going to spoil it for anyone. So they were all young enough to be Instagram influencers again all of a sudden. (laughs) No, it wasn't that bad. The frustrating part is if you read some comics, the continuity kind of didn't sort of change at all. You know, but you know, that that was the shtick. But I was reading Rebirth and for the Batman series, not Detective Comics, but it happened in Detective Comics too. Was I had to stop reading it? Really? I just I had to. I couldn't. And I love Batman. Yeah, yeah. I mean, I've loved Batman. Not working no, out for it you. It was there? just. It was so overwhelmingly gloomy and depressing. There was no light. At all. Now, granted, I'm not hoping for Batman 66 here. 
yeah, yeah, you don't want, you know, Batman the musical. But also, and, and I'm not a trained medical or psychology professional here, <laughs> but coming off a 15-month pandemic where things were yes. kind of like dark, <laughs> yes. maybe this was not quite the, the time in your life when you wanted to be reading this particular Absolutely series. Absolutely not. I'm just, I'm just, I'm just putting that out there. But it was about 60 issues of just constant gloominess and darkness and grimness. It was grim. Just grim. Bat Batman. It was a bad bummer. It really was. I was hoping, just hoping for like an old school, like, you know, holy mackerel Batman, anything. Then they give you a tease with him marrying Catwoman. It's like, oh, wow, could he really be happy? And then, you know, all right, that'd be good. Batman and Catwoman, they fight crime together, you know. They boys had that chemistry. No, no. Just ripped it right out from under him. Just crushed him. Just completely crushed the detective. I had to give up. Mm -hmm. I had to give up. It's like, you know what, DC? Just let him have one day. One day. One day of happiness. Just that's all I ask. Please. I'm going to start an online petition. To give Batman one happy day. Just yeah, one just, happy day. Even if it has to be sort of a, a special issue where. Yes, just, a special you know, issue. Batman you can make it a day. free comic day. Free comic day. Nobody has to actually really see it. The collectors will bag it and board it. Yeah. That's another thing. Collecting comics now is annoying me. Well, it's very expensive now, too, with paraphernalia and. Yeah, but it's all about making money. I, I mean, do you remember when you went to the comic book shop and you just bought a comic because you wanted to read yeah, it? you grab a fistful and you come home and then if you spilled stuff on it, you didn't care because you were exactly. reading your comics there. Exactly. And nobody freaked out if you bent it over. You know yeah, what I mean? Yeah, now you got to use like the white gloves and the archival oh lighting. Oh my God, it's just really annoying. Really annoying. But anyway, I digress. The fact of the matter is, that's what I've been doing and I had to give up on Batman. Me, of all people. I gave up on Batman. I'll give it a little while. Maybe when the You're pandemic, like to your point. from the relationship. Take maybe a break. he'll come around and you know, work through his darkness issues. It's not him. It's me. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah, you, you need, maybe you need like a, a good Wonder Woman trade or something. You know, oh, you know that. what? I actually started reading Wonder Woman. No joke. I started from the rebirth where they did this great storyline where it was a split storyline. Part of her story was based in the now and the other one was back in Themyscira, or however you pronounce it. That's good stuff. I, I think I will stick with Wonder Woman. There's a little more lightness there. There's not as much grimness. Yeah. And you know what? Batman has a really unhealthy obsession with his city. I love New York. Don't get me wrong. But not like he. You know, I want somebody to love me like he loves Gotham. Let's put it that way. That's what I want. But anyway. I wonder if there was any news. There was a bit of news, uh, little bits and, and pieces here. Little drips and drabs. Yeah, we, I mean, we can do the highlights because, you know, three weeks of news would be Or low much, lights, but, depending um, on how they, uh, you know. Yeah, depending on how things. Well, well, remember, I think the last time we did this show, the U.S. was dealing with the fallout from this big ransomware attack oh, yeah. that shut down a major gasoline yeah. pipeline on the East Coast and gas prices were going up and people were freaking out. And so now it's a few weeks later and we're back and ransomware is not going anywhere. In fact, I think a big global beef producer uh, had gotten hobbled yes, from indeed. another ransomware scheme. So so the hackers have gone after gasoline and hamburgers. So let's hope for the major sports leagues and both the beer and apple pie makers are up They're in They're going right after America's heartbeat, right? Yeah, yeah. So, so, so the ransomware is, is still percolating, but that Colonial Pipeline hack, uh, which I believe they paid out $4.4 million in ransom just to get their systems back because they didn't know how deeply they'd gotten in there. 
So they pad out this money and the pipeline restarts and all that. But now U.S. investigators uh, have been able to recover some of that cryptocurrency paid out to the cyber crooks. I don't know if they got all 4.4. I think it was more like 2.3 that they were able to claw back. But a colonial pipeline, when the hack happened, I guess, called up the FBI Early on, the agency was sort of able to get in there and with their FBI's own cyber professionals were able to track the payment to a certain Bitcoin wallet or something that the hackers were using. And so they were able to get in there. And I remember some reports that that the hackers had said that, that a chunk of their money had disappeared. So I guess maybe that was the FBI. The fact that it happened in the first place is really kind of uh, embarrassing. And, you know, because we've been trained and trained about don't reuse passwords and use your two-factor authentication and and do all this stuff to say, say even just for like Gmail. But there's a, uh, a cybersecurity firm who looked into this and Bloomberg is reporting the story that said that the hackers were able to get into this system just with one compromised password. It got them into Colonial's uh, systems. Uh, I guess the hackers had found the same password that was used, like some employee had used this password, and it was in this stash of of leaked credentials on the dark web. And uh, the hackers were able to find this password, figure out, oh, this might be somebody who works here. Let's see if he reused it. And I guess the password had been reused. And so that got them back in the, the... account for this VPN system into Colonial Pipeline's network also did not have multi-factor authentication on it either. So this was just straight up username and password like we're back in the AOL days. Wow. Uh, and so the, these uh, hackers just go cruising in there and then everything happened as it did. So this is a real big lesson about upping your not only corporate cybersecurity, but just in your real life. Like you should be locking everything down. Yeah, it's a pain to wait for the little code to come texting so you can have that extra second factor of authentication. But it can save you a lot of hassle and your account's getting stolen from you and Absolutely. all of this other and stuff. And you know what? Invest in a, in a password manager. You know, yeah, then you don't even have to worry about there. it. Last yes. pass, one password, there's a dash lane, there's a ton of them out there. There's at there. least two or three really excellent ones. Really excellent Yeah, ones. and you just have to, once you train yourself to use them, it becomes second nature. And you just go in there, so I'm making a new account, I'm going to change my password. And the app pretty much just guides you through. And I have been using one for years, and... Even if you're not using the password manager to create super cryptic passwords, even just have a place that's behind its own level of security where you're keeping track of all the passwords you created for like, you know, your Chewy.com account four years ago that you used once and then all of a sudden you want to go back to it. You've got a place to store your passwords. It's not a notebook that somebody can come along and just rifle through. So anyway, so the the FBI hacker team, you know, clawing it yeah, back getting, there. getting back that cash. But uh, moving on, uh, as more of the country gets vaccinated, and I think we've heard this, uh, a lot of company executives are starting to sort of plan for the employees to make that return to the physical office. Come on back in September. You can come voluntarily in July. It's just like back to school. And I think a lot of the tech companies, people just assumed would let their folks stay out and work remotely because it was going well and, and, you know, engineers were happier working from home anyway. And so... Maybe this will be a permanent solution. I think Twitter had even said as much. Uh, but Apple was one tech firm that announced that it wants its office workers back in the actual office at least three days a week. So Tim Cook and, and the Apple execs made this announcement last week. But a group of employees there have found that even a flexible work schedule is inflexible and doesn't foster inclusivity at the company. And so they wrote this really lengthy letter to Apple management to state their concerns. And they made a list of all the major things that like, look, we accomplished all of this stuff. We had a huge year. We put out all these products. 
it was all a fully remote environment, so why can't we just keep doing it? So this will probably be a scenario that plays out with a lot of companies who really want their people back, A, because they've got really expensive office real estate yep. that they want filled yep. up, or they genuinely do miss the collaboration of, of an office where there's physical people in there, or whatever reason they want their people back. We're going to see, I think, more and more of these stories as we, we lurch towards fall. And it, it feels like September is shaping up to be like the world goes back to school and all of a sudden, you know, and the subway is going to break down because so many people are going to yes. be on it for the first yeah. day. Back, Speaking you know, of the subway, if I might interject on two points here. First off, do you really think that the collaborativeness of being in person makes any difference whatsoever when you're literally sitting in front of a laptop while you're talking to someone in a meeting or when you're when depends. you're on a giant screen? I'm legitimately asking because it seems to me it would be the same thing if you were at home. And well, I think a lot of jobs depend. Like if you are a coder or some kind of engineer where most of your work is in this little sort of isolation silo anyway, you can do that anywhere. And maybe you can get more focus done because you have not had to deal with getting to work or whatever happened on your <laughs> or commute. Or interruptions. Yes, or interruptions. I think in, in certain types of jobs where it's sort of team-driven idea stuff happening and you have lots of meetings with whiteboards. Yes, if you're ideating, if you're ideating is that the word? Ideating, yes. yes. Then maybe it's a little bit more useful to have everyone in the same room because there is a certain spark that you get with 3D people bouncing around high on sugary drinks and snacks and spitting out ideas and all that. So, so may, maybe that scenario, but I think it just depends on the job That's a good uh, point. That, that you're doing. I don't ideate. Uh-uh. Yeah, don't you, come you to don't me ideate. for ideation. Uh-uh. Yeah, yeah. No, you, you got engineering to do. <laughs> yeah, I got real work to do, damn it. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Anyway, the, my other point is I've finally been on the subways fairly regular the last couple of days. I mean, you know that I've been like really locked away. You know, mm -hmm. my belly and my tight pants will be a, a full attestment to that. But I'm so proud of New York. I rode on at least four different subways over the last few days, and everyone had a mask on. And the, the trains were pretty packed. New Yorkers have stepped up, but plus, they you know, wearing the mask, it, it makes the subway smell slightly, but you can't smell it. Like, yeah, exactly. That's true. I wasn't going to go there, but that's absolutely true. There's some subway cars that you can actually walk into now <laughs> where before yeah. you couldn't. But in true New York style, there's at least, and at least two of those runs, there was some lady, and it's always a lady, because, you know, you don't mess with a New York broad, bottom mm -hmm. line, who was like, what's wrong with you? Put up your mask. You're not even covering your mouth. <laughs> it's like, yes. You know, she's going yes. to make sure you're doing it right. Yes. It's, I love New York. This is a time where I love New York. There are other times when I don't, but being on the subway, everyone was wearing a mask. It was great. I'm proud of New York. I was on a, a train out to Brooklyn uh, just the other day, and everyone had their mask on, and then someone was doing, you know, practically doing a little DJ booth in the, the area where you stick your bicycles, and so it was this musical ride to Brooklyn. So. You see what I'm saying? God, it see, New York always comes back. Always. Yeah, it's like a, Never it's like a movie count musical. out New York City. Anyway. So, so we'll see, you know, when, when the vaccinations come back, where, where we're at uh, in the fall, when, when people are- Are you looking forward to going back in the office? Certain aspects of the office I am looking forward to. And again, just it's the social interactions with people, the unexpected- unplanned meeting time that, that I actually find useful because you can go to, to a Zoom meeting like every hour of the day at home and, and see people, but it's it's the unscheduled meetings that I think are more useful where you just run into somebody in the yeah, hallway. It's like, exactly. Hey. Having a cup of coffee with someone, but I miss the fancy recording studios. 
That's yeah. right. Yeah, with, the, with their padded walls. Oh, and, and the lovely microphones. Shiny gear, and you didn't have an ambulance down the right, Exactly. Don't get me wrong. I like my I like my recording stuff. I like my setup here, but there's nothing like padded rooms and no ambulances. And expensive, yes, expensive gear. That I didn't pay for. <laughs> yeah, yeah, somebody else paid for. But, uh, but, but speaking of money, it looks like big tech may have some new corporate tax bills on the horizon. Uh, at the International Group of Seven meeting, these are the, the big seven rich countries like the U.S. and France and Germany and you know, the, the G7. The G7. As they're known at the club. They were the G8, then they kicked out Russia, but that's a different story. Yeah, yeah. So, so, so they're the, the fighting G7 here. Um, so <laughs> I like uh, that comic. That was a good comic. Golden was, Age. You know, that was a Golden Age classic. comic. Classic. Yeah. <laughs> The uh, the member countries agreed on a new U.S. proposal that calls for a minimum 15% tax on the profits of multinational companies, a move that would impact the world's biggest companies with profit margins of at least 10%. I know who would that include? Or maybe yes. your Amazon, your Apple, your Facebook, your Google, and a few other familiar names that, that are rolling in the dough. The proposal itself has not been finalized yet. It's just like, hey, this is what we want to do. And then some people started to talk about it. And the backers uh, of this proposal are hoping for a wider agreement at next month's gathering of the G20 finance ministers. G20. So, you know, we go to the, the wider team here of right, just right. the finance ministers getting together. And so a lot of tech companies issued these sort of vague statements about, oh, we hope for a stability in the international tax system and blah, 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 even though they've been doing a lot of avoiding uh, oh, the tax yeah, system. Oh, yeah, but see, that, that's exactly what I was just going to say. You know that there's going to be a G64 country, right, that's going to say, yo – we're like bottom. No one's gonna draft us, right? Yeah, yeah. No, even lower, maybe a G ninety eight. Yeah, right? like stash your money here. We want taxes. Exactly, stash your money here. We'll take care of you. And all of a sudden, every tech company is gonna have a their their main offices yes. are gonna be in this country. So yeah, I I don't I don't buy it. So, so we'll, we'll see. We'll see if it can get past the the G twenty finance ministers um, and the, some international tax policy advisors. Even complained about it, though they say that the stated minimum tax should have been more in the twenty to twenty five percent range, given the profits that these companies are making and how much they're saving by avoiding all of this tax. They should really be stepping it up even more. So, but this was the, the first time I'd heard them. People said, "Oh, you know, we want to tax these these big companies," and everyone's like, "Yeah, we should." And the companies were keeping a straight face for for the time being. But but because there is more scrutiny now. And and there is a lot of, of eyeballs on the international tech oversight scene. In fact, there's even some more items in the news here. Uh, France hit Google with a $267 million fine for abusing its search power in the online advertising industry. Uh, to kind of, you know, funnel business to itself. We've seen that movie before. Oh, yeah. Uh, I believe it's the French Competition Authority. I cannot say that with a French accent. Um, <laughs> but imagine it. Said Google had uh, discriminated against competition and uh, Google said, oh, you know, we'll pay the fine. Uh, and I guess they're changing some of their business practices. And then Facebook was smacked with not one but two antitrust probes from the European Union and the United Kingdom, uh, which are separate now, uh, as uh, regulators investigate whether the social network repurposes its data either that it gathers from advertisers who buy ads from them so then they can give legal advantages uh, to their own services like Facebook Marketplace, you know, or Facebook Flea Market, whatever yeah. you call that. Market, people yeah, are selling exactly. their junk. Let me ask you a question. What was the name of that French thing again? The uh, French Competition Authority. See, I'm hearing it in a French accent, and the person's holding a cigarette, saying it dismissively, holding a galois. 
Are you seeing a uh, beret and baguette in the picture too? No, 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 no. I don't want to get so stereotypical. You know, I yeah. think the Galois is enough to yeah, insult yeah. With, some with of our French smoke, audience. Yeah. <laughs> Excuse my French listeners. You mm-hmm. know, forgive us. And you know you're out there. So, yeah, well, we'll see if the French competition authority uh, uh, keeps French, going online here. French competition. So, uh, and, and then uh, Facebook. Uh, I spit at your competition. <laughs> yes, there you go. But, I'm sorry. Uh, I'm sorry, French fans. Sorry. Yeah, so so, so even uh, even though Facebook w- was getting yelled at also by international regulators, they did announce last week that a certain former president of the United States would be banned from the platform for another two years and can only be reinstated if uh, conditions permit. But a spokesman for the company also outlined heightened penalties for public figures during times of civil unrest and ongoing violence. Now, there's a this subsection for you. So this means that depending on the severity of the content violation, I would guess fomenting insurrection or some type of military coup or something along those lines, these public figures could be banned anywhere from one month to two years, uh, and the violations after the initial restrictions are subject to heightened penalties, up to and including permanent removal. So this is Facebook taking the oversight board's guidelines about banning a certain former president, and then also using that particular case scenario to build up these penalties for other world leaders or government figures who who may also want who to dare, who dare, yeah, to do this sort of thing. So, so we'll see if that sticks. It's Facebook. I doubt it will. But you know, and while we're talking uh, legal matters, Apple, you know, still in the fight with Epic Games, and. We'll discuss this later when we get to their WWDC segment, but they've been making a lot of grandiose statements about protection for user privacy lately and how this differentiates them from from other companies like Facebook. Apple actually had to pay millions of dollars to settle a case brought by a then 21-year-old student after employees in an authorized California repair shop posted personal images uh, of an explicit nature that she had on her phone to her own Facebook account after she sent in her iPhone to repair the shop. And so it made it look like she was uploading this stuff to her own account. Wait a minute, this was at the Genius Bar or some third party? I think it was like, you know, those Apple authorized providers where if you don't have an Apple store, you can send to this shop. Gotcha. So she is mortified by this, rightly so. And I guess as they were Apple contractors, there was some sort of official relationship with Apple that Apple was tied to them. Apple was the one that got sued for invasion of privacy and infliction of emotional distress, as you can imagine. So the employees involved in this were fired, I think, pretty quickly. And in a statement to a British newspaper, The Telegraph, I believe, uh, was the one that was reporting this. Apple said, when we learned of this egregious violation of our policies at one of our vendors in 2016, we took immediate action and have since continued to strengthen our vendor protocols, which means they're screening these shops. But for a company that's been yap, yap, yapping about how we protect your privacy, uh, they, they maybe should have screened a little bit earlier. Yeah, definitely. They should have checked in their own backyard. And shouldn't those guys do time? I would hope so, because that, that's, you know, damage your reputation. There might be a civil case involved in this, too. But, you know, and, and not to blame the victim in any case, because, you know, this Poor woman had no idea. But they always tell you, you know, if you are taking your phone in, wipe it or be prepared to do a factory reset if you've got anything sensitive on there. Oh, I always wipe my phone. I make a backup, wipe my phone, factory reset. They fix whatever they need to fix. Then I just put my stuff back on. And Apple tells you to this, but I don't know what the, this repair shop told her. But this is, a, this is a good object lesson for why you should do that because there are jackals out here who do this kind of stuff, so... So, yeah, so, so at least she got some money for her distress and pain. 
And finally, Amazon founder Jeff Bezos is set to resign as CEO of the company early next month. I think it's around uh, July the 5th or thereabouts. Uh, And like many retirees, he's booked himself a travel adventure. Oh, nice. But he's not like doing the Alaskan cruise or the Caribbean cruise or the hike through the Black Forest. He's he's going into space. Outer space. I knew it. I knew it. On July 20th, uh, with the first crewed flight of this uh, rocket that's called New Shepard, and it's a craft made by his own Blue Origins aeronautical company. This is one that's always competing with SpaceX for government contracts. So the, the trip is planned in a six-seat capsule that's atop a 59-foot rocket to, to get him up there, and uh, the destination is more than 60 miles above the Earth. So he's not going into deep space, but he, he's, he's going 60 miles up. I forget, you know, the atmosphere and the strat, you know, when you're technically in space, but it's, it's enough to qualify to be in space, 60 miles above the Earth. The flight time is an estimated at uh, about 11 minutes. And in addition to the New Shepard craft, though, uh, his Blue Origin company, which I think is kind of his hobby and his his love because he's always loved the space stuff. Who doesn't? Who doesn't? Yeah, that's true. You know, we, we are NASA nerds par excellence here. Yeah, um, exactly. But uh, Blue Origin is also developing another rocket called New Glenn, uh, named after John Glenn, I'm guessing. Nice. Golf clap, golf clap. Yes, yes, yes. Uh, Which the company hopes to be able uh, to send U.S. government commercial satellites into orbit as well as potentially make trips to deeper space. So he's not giving up his fight with Elon Musk and SpaceX to get some of the government's commercial space traffic. He should wave at the Tesla. When he's yeah, up there. yeah, yeah, that Tesla. Yeah. But I believe he's taking his brother too. So, so brother Bezos uh, is going with him. So yeah, I guess this is the way that if you're going to retire, you know, go out, take a trip like this. Um, and uh, since we are NASA nerds, I feel that we should also note that July 20th is the date is the 52nd anniversary of the Apollo 11 moon landing. So big day there. You so know. the Bezos brothers in space. Yeah. So on you know a, a rocket that he he basically paid for himself. So His own rocket, hey. So, so yeah, so that's what's up with him. And uh, that's been a quick look at the news. For anyone out there who wants to know more, we will have a page of links to all the stories at poptechjam.com. Up next, we'll we'll touch upon the highlights of, of Apple's Worldwide Developers Conference keynote, which happened this week. Apple, Apple, Apple. They're everywhere. And if you hate Apple, just skip to the end here. <laughs> Back when, when WWDC was like a thing and people I were do. just breathless oh. and panting and, oh, they're going to, you know, announce a new iPhone and they're going to do this and this and this. And Wasn't that long ago? Wasn't yeah, that long ago? And, and th- there were a few times. I mean, it's traditionally because it's a worldwide developers conference. Traditionally, it's a little more software skewing. They have yeah. previewed iPhones and, and some things at this thing before while they have the stage. But we're still in the remote world. It was more software-oriented. And there was time. real excitement. Yeah, the, yeah, there was real excitement back in the day. And now developers are mad because of the, the fight in the Apple Store, uh, A, with the Fortnite thing, and, and B, because a lot of them are, are getting mad that Apple's wanting this 30% cut of everything. So right. there's some tension there. They feel that Apple is too tightly clamped down upon what they can do with the operating system, unlike some of the competitors like Android, where they've got more flexibility. Mm-hmm. Uh, so so they're, they're, it wasn't as happy, happy, joy, joy, uh, shall we say. As with, it um, usually is. Or as it used to be. It's WWDC 2021. Uh, the keynote kicked off the, the week of, of developer tutorials and, and seminars and things that they do out there. And then, of course, the tech blogs were there. They're always there for 
for these big events. So one of the big ones, iOS 15. I guess we're on Ooh. 14 now, so so yeah. 15 makes sense. And and they ran through a lot of the the new features. Some of them, I think, uh, as you like to point out, Google has had for a while. Oh uh, yeah. But they're doing uh, up at the top of the list more natural FaceTime calls and this thing called shared experiences. Uh, with this new tool called SharePlay, which lets you share video within FaceTime calls. And they're really trying to get the audio technology to sound like you're all in the same room instead of that kind of tinny echo you get. Uh, So they're going to have microphone modes that separate the user's voice from the background to kind of make it be a little bit more, I guess, human sounding uh, in the same room. Well, that's going to actually help us podcasters too. Yes. so, So I'm all for it. Yes, so that'll be good. Uh, the SharePlay uh, will, will let people listen to songs together on Apple Music, of course, or watch a TV show in sync. If, if you're into that sort of thing and you have the the data plan or uh, a really good Wi-Fi uh, to do that. So so SharePlay will extend also to the Apple TV so people can watch movies and stuff on their big screens and connect over FaceTime. So, so they're trying to bring – and I think a lot of this may have also come out of the pandemic when people were home all the time and looking for new ways to – to connect with people, even if you couldn't be in the same room. This feels like this was something that really got more of a focus given the past year and a half. So, I could see that, yep. So they're doing a lot of uh, FaceTime upgrades, and and then they're also uh, drilling down into the uh, iOS 15. There's this uh, new tool to help you find your focus, and, and a lot of this falls into the, the digital well-being oh, aspect. But, you know, find if you've my got, fo- what is it? They're going to give me some Adderall or something? What, yes. what is this? Yeah, well, well they're going to try to reduce your distraction so you wouldn't need the oh, Adderall. Okay. But, but yeah, right. it's called, they're calling it Focus, and no, it's not the economy car model from Ford. You know, Focus is a new feature. On, and it's not, the, it's not the Karate Kid. Focus. Yeah. Yes, focus. Yes. Yes, it's going to filter your notifications and apps based on what you want to focus on. So if you just need to be left alone, you know, then that's one mode. But you can set the device up and program a, a custom focus, and then it'll figure out which people and apps are allowed to notify you. So if it's like if you're really into sports and you still want to get the scores, even though you're trying to like concentrate on something, you know, maybe they'll be sneaking you, you know, some box scores there. They'll have modes if you're trying to wind down to actually get some sleep where you have fewer and fewer distractions so you're not getting the little dopamine hit every time an alert pings you. Again, too, because everyone's on their screens all the time and stressed out from the pandemic, and maybe this is a little thing to kind of gently push you away and, and get you to look at other things but not uh, too far. beside your phone screen. Not too far. Yeah, and, and they'll like it'll automatically display a status in messages so maybe people don't want to bother you all the time. You know what I do to focus? I turn my phone off. <laughs> that 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 boom. works. Focus right there. That's that's my fo- what, what is, What's this called again? Yeah, it's called focus. Focus. There you go. That's yeah, it. Right well, there. And and to me, because Google had been building some things, and you know how on Android phones they had that real easy thing, the, the flip to shush, where you just yeah. turn the the phone over face down and. <laughs> then it, it wouldn't just be bouncing all over the place. It's like, okay, you're, you're on your face and, and I can have some peace and quiet. So, so so they're doing a little bit like that. They're also, uh, because notifications are just off the charts these days between news and, and every app wanting to send you alerts. Oh my God, that really annoys me. Yeah, so, so they're actually going to redesign the notifications feature of iOS 15 and add contact photos for people and bigger icons so you can see more at a glance who is uh, notifying you of something. So, and it also it gives the Apple software designers a, you know, a chance to, to rework some of this stuff. They're going to do a lot more with AI, where the AI can look at your photos and pull out text. And Google has had this for a while. The Google Assistant oh, yeah. uh, and Google Translate has been able to isolate text and 
pull it out so you can either edit it or translate it or do something. So I see this as one of the Apple catching up to Google here things. Big time. And I think even if you use the Google app on on an iPhone, it was doing some of this, but it's it's been baked into Android, I think, for a while. Of course, every time we we get an update, they usually have to look at their browser and their email apps because usually people complain about those the most just for not being as flexible. But Safari is getting uh, redesigned. Controls that will make it easier to browse with one hand, which a lot of people do, especially if you have one of the big phones uh, and you just want to hold it and not have to, to connect both hands to the, the device. This is supposed to make it easier. There's a new tab bar. So more abilities to browse and not be completely tied uh, with both hands to your phone. Right, well, that's cool. I dig Apple that. Maps getting a little touch up here, too. Don't um, go anywhere near it. Still, yeah, still, still, yeah. Even though Apple is, you know, really, really, really wants you to use Apple I Maps, know, they and they do. put all that train stuff in there just for you, just for me. But no, sorry. But they're adding enhanced details to neighborhoods, you know, showing like elevation and commercial districts, and trying to make the roads a little clearer to see with like little pops of color here. So they're they did desperately just really need to forget about that time we told you to turn left while you were in an underwater tunnel. Forget you know. about the addresses right in the middle of the Hudson River. Forget about yeah, that. Forget about that bridge. It went nowhere. Yes. You know, we're, we're, we've been yes. working on it. And another thing, because we have been using our phones as basically digital wallets, the thing you've got the Apple Pay or your, your Google Pay, your Samsung Pay, whatever, you've got credit cards in there so you can pay with your phone. You've got a little health chart in there so you can keep your medical record. You've got a pedometer in there. You've got all of this personal information. You get your boarding pass on your phone, and that shows you if, you've, if you're getting the, the TSA pre-check so you can – so you know, it's got all of these things that we normally would have to pull out of our overstuffed wallets. So now Apple Wallet is going to try to take even more of your physical wallet. And yeah, they haven't announced which states are doing this yet, but they're saying that you can eventually scan your driver's license – and have that in your digital wallet. And so if you need to show ID, save to TSA because you're trying to get on a plane, you can do the digital version of your driver's license. Mm. Again, I don't know which states are going to go for this, but they are um, going to try to add this. They're also talking about adding uh, digital keys to unlock cards and stuff with, with ultra-wideband technology. Oh, yeah. I don't I don't see anything going wrong with that. Yeah, and just, and just, like, just really make sure the, the ability to get into the phone is amped up even more because if someone gets a hold of your phone at this point and they figured out how to get into it, this is your whole life on this device. And and they have work things, that, you know, the, the remote wipe and all of this stuff. And But Face ID, I have hated, especially I upgraded the phones right when the pandemic hit and not having the phone be able to look at your face in a mask and work and you're trying to punch in your passcode. There's like, this is the stupidest thing. Like they should have had some kind of touch ID default. Again, this is my rant. But hate face ID. And and to your point, you've had your kids break into your phone because you My look daughter, enough yeah. alike. So, yeah. so having all of this stuff on your phone, including a driver's license, you know, makes me a little nervous if this is not 100% childproof. Right. So, and then back, you know, Apple's back with more privacy features in iOS 15. They're doing app privacy reports. And this is building off the, the thing that Facebook got so mad about, about uh, the tracking. But Apple really wants you to be aware of what apps are using your information and how they're tracking you. So they're building that in. They're going to reboot the Weather and Notes apps, which people tend to just glance at. Some people use the notes. Some people like the reminders. The Weather app, I'm like, yeah, I'm kind of a dark sky person. And I don't know if they're going to pull in more of dark sky, which they bought into their Weather app to, to sort of get rid of the standalone. iOS 15, I think, is the thing a lot of people are the most interested in. They announced their new Mac operating system and Monterey is the geographical landmark that we're going after and they're 
had a bunch of issues in that. There's Watch OS 8 uh, that's going to have some new health features. And they're going to, like, put Siri on some third-party accessories. Oh, really? Yeah, so I think a thermostat uh, was where she was logically going to land. I guess Siri's genderless now. You can pick. So uh, wherever Siri's going, because the, the HomePod and, and I think an iOS uh, – 14.5, they went and revamped the voice and took the genders out and also added a diversity of voices in there so everyone does not sound like angry white ladies all the time. <laughs> and, you know, and they piled more stuff into the to the Mac version. You know, to your point a few shows ago, there's still the two separate operating systems, even though in theory now with these new uh, updates, you could share a, a keyboard and cursor between an iMac and an iPad iPad iOS 15 will let you drop widgets on the home screen, and they're trying to make it more multitasky so that it is more of the laptop replacement that, that you know, it's always gotten, you know, maybe just a little close, and yeah, you can use a pen. So, so not to, to bang on about, and we'll post links to all of their announcements for people who want to dive or deep into to Monterey or whatever the watch was doing, but but this was an app that, yeah, there, there's some nice things in there, and once you remember to use them in the new operating system, it, it, it's sort of a, a, a gentle little advancement, but it's not the revolutionary stuff. It's, it's more just about, I think, adapting the software to maybe what you need at this point in your life when you're just getting kind of back into circulation and, and maybe you kind of need to will focus again, as, as their app says. But we'll stop blathering about it, you know, because some people just hate Apple and, and we don't want to drive you away. And, no, of and, um, but, but there'll be links if you want to read more. So Yes, indeed. Yes, indeed. I guess we should thank the bros. Yes, thank you, bros. Thank you, bros. Builtbybros.com. If you think it, they will build it. Thank you, listeners. We hope you've been well uh, the past few weeks since we've been away from the microphones here. Life seems to be getting... We can't really say it's going back to normal because no. I think once you've been where we are, things have been impacted. Life is getting more familiar. It's getting a little more 2019. That's a good way of putting it. That's a good way of putting it. We hope you are doing well out there. And until next time, uh, when we're back with more and El Kaiser has maybe read some more Wonder Woman and gotten off the Batman bummer, <laughs> we'll be back. I'm J.D. Beersdorfer. And I'm Pedro Rafael Rosado. Y'all take care. 